Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where Season 7 is underway, and it's already crazy, and off to an incredible start, thank God. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison right before Nahum's live lunch, and right on the heels of Nahum's announcement yesterday morning that we are heading, please God, to Johannesburg, South Africa at the end of October to join the Shabbos Project or the Shabbat Project in its birthplace. That is correct. At the end of October, it'll be October 25th, please God. And we look forward to broadcasting from there. We look we look forward to meeting Rabbi Dr. Warren Goldstein, the chief rabbi of South Af- of Johannesburg, of South Africa, and um, his entire team with whom we've had tremendous contact over the last year and change, um, meeting them face-to-face and coming to know our family, our brethren, our fellow Jews in South Africa, hearing their stories, bringing them to you here at the Nachum Siegel Network. As Nachum mentioned yesterday, this has been a plan in the works, a dream in the works, I think is what is how Nachum referred to it, for over a year. And um, we are truly appreciative of their partnership at the Shabbos Project, and we are truly, truly thankful Um, to all of our supporters who are making this possible because we will be able to bring you exceptional programming from Johannesburg the week of the 22nd of October. And of course, highlighting our entire Jewish Unity Initiative trip to Johannesburg will be the Jewish Unity Initiative concert, the Jewish music concert, which will be held after the Chalabek Thursday evening in Johannesburg. You'll get more information about that. You'll get more information as to who is joining us on that trip. You'll get more information as to who is headlining that concert in Johannesburg as the weeks unfold. So we have started Season 7 with a huge announcement, but it doesn't end there. More details to follow. And who do I see behind the board? The person I expect at this point to see behind the board. The person who was part of the inception of this idea over <laughs> a year ago, Yoni Pollock. Good morning, Yoni. Howdy. Oh, your voice sounds better. Yeah, I mean, at some point that was going to change. Yes, that is true. For those of you who do not know what I'm alluding to, yesterday Yoni hosted Bite Size and he sounded either like he had the flu or (laughs) he, um, you know, had just woken up. Right, 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 basically. But instead he diagnosed himself with wedding voice. People that like, I don't know, that I guess get into it just like I do, they would diagnose themselves the same way. Right, but I thought it was cute the way you said you take your job as a wedding guest as a friend at a wedding very seriously absolutely right so the losing of your voice is kielu is the equivalent of being a color war general yeah exactly exactly you're there you have a job you're happy to be there and you want to you know inspire others to exactly be or depending on where you're from (laughs) and uh you're gonna live that to the fullest exactly life's too short gotta have fun so you had a good time in detroit i did d-town huh uh, and you also announced on the air, which was funny, that you don't think you're ever going back there. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I've never been to Detroit. I'm sure it's lovely. Right? You've never been there yet. So. Okay, but I've also never been to a lot of different places. I know. I just I can't imagine I'm going to end up there again. I mean, if if I am, then great. I'm I'm excited. But. Right. So I exactly. You're already excited on the prospect that you might ever be in Detroit again. Yeah. They okay. Welcomed us with open arms. That is very very nice. And who got married? Uh, two people. 
Oh, you want their names? Yes. That's what you asked. Oh, uh, Jay Cohen and Molly Goldmeyer. Well, Mazal Tov to the Cohen and Goldmeyer families. And I am sure that once they heard that you'll be ho- heading, please God, to Johannesburg at the end of October, that they were like, forget the wedding. This is super exciting. Well, I didn't tell them until the announcement came out. Well, of course. I, but I, now. No one, no one knew from my end. And everyone's like, oh my God, crazy stuff. Yeah, everyone's just like, dude, you got to travel everywhere. Right. Exactly. I'm like, well, if you knew how many shots I had to get, right. you wouldn't be smiling. Yeah, so we just started researching <laughs> that. <laughs> it's a little bit nutty. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make me not want to go. My left shoulder is going to hurt for the next while. I don't know. Right. I don't love the fact that I keep, that I always joke around the studio, you know, every time I sneeze too much that I'm, you know, that I have typhoid and now I have to get a shot against typhoid. Right. I don't think that's funny. I do. Okay. Um, I also don't think that um, some of the other stuff we have to ward off against. When You know, it, it only made me think on the flip side, by the way, when people from South Africa travel to the United States. Okay. What, what it, I actually, I thought about that. What too. immunizations do they need to get? What do we have here that you don't want? Um, I mean that, I mean that, you're saying you know, New York or America in general? Because New York, all right, I was settle down, say, settle like, down, you know, Houston, we, settle we down. Talk about being polite. No, I'm, I got no time for polite. <laughs> I got no time for polite. What is it that when you land here in the United States, what shots would you have needed to get? Well, beforehand? I wonder if, right, I mean, America would probably tell South Africans you need to have XYZ, is my assumption. No, but I'm saying around. the South African Ministry of Health, whatever it's called, the same way. The um, well, this isn't this isn't South Africa telling us we need shots to get into their country. No, it's America right. saying it's the U.S. saying do not bring that back with you when you right. come. Don't you dare! Exactly. You can't hide that. Exactly. <laughs> right. You can't declare I may that. I bring back customs. a lot of gummies <laughs> and a lot of nuts from Israel. But <laughs> a lot of Joe Bird. You can't hide uh, exactly. It, cholera. I cholera. Cholera. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bring that back. I was going to hear that and go, yeah. I already told you. I was going to say, we right. should save this for live lunch. Uh, we should save this for the live lunch. It's true. It's true. But, but um, because I've already been warned last week that the live lunch today is all about my birthday. Oh, uh, oh right. Remember Do I that? Gifts for t- no, you really Because then don't. I have like, I'm going to have to leave this seat quickly. Right. Run to CVS. Right. What I'm g- right. What do I want from CVS? Yeah. A yeah, generic <laughs> Starbucks <laughs> card or Amazon card is, is fine. Um, and I appreciate that in advance. Um, but yeah, so we don't need this for the live lunch because it seems Nahum already has enough content for the live lunch. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess my he's producing today. Exactly, live lunch. my birthday. Please God, coming up this Sunday. Happy birthday! Happy birthday to, you. to me. Thank you. Happy birthday to President Richard Joel. Happy birthday. President Happy birthday Joel. to Daniel and Aaron Gordon. Happy birthday to you too. Happy birthday to Shahar for those people who have heard us refer to Shahar on our Nefesh Benefesh flights. Now I'm not believing it's everyone's birthday. I'm gonna tell you something. When I found out, when Shahar and I found out that um, we had the same birthday, it was. It was pretty September, funny. September, what is that, 9th, I guess? 9-9. Nine, 9-9. Nine. Nine, nine. That is correct. When I inevitably forget, I, I apologize. I'm it's not a problem. Yeah, so it's really not. It's that. not a national holiday. It's not. It's not. And also, happy birthday to Michael Buble. <laughs> Michael Buble and I have not only the same birthday, but the same birth year. It's me and Selena Gomez. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's funny. I don't know that there's... My triplet. <laughs> Well, That's Tony doesn't exist. Yeah. Flashback <laughs> to last week's <laughs> yeah, exactly. live lunch. All right. We got some stuff to do before our guest joins me on the phone. Let's quickly do a fortune cookie. Yoni, I want you to know that I, I brought a fortune cookie for you as well. We might save that for the live lunch. Fine. Uh, but this one's mine. Okay. Okay. Here we go. If we have time, we'll do yours at the end of the show. Oh, okay. Over prepare, then go with the flow. 
Yes, this is our fortune. Yeah, I like that. This is our fortune for Johannesburg. (laughs) Over prepare. And then everything you prepare for is going to shoot up. Then go with the flow. (laughs) Go with the flow. We're going to have to do a lot of go with the flow. Uh, Let's do national holidays. Today is National Coffee Ice Cream Day. Yum. Total, right? Favorite brand of... And and I'm not an ice cream person, but I can totally get into ice cream. You know, Coffee ice cream. Coffee ice cream. Total favorite brand? Haagen-Dazs. That's it. Game over. Haagen-Dazs coffee ice cream. I don't even know if I know other coffee. Like I don't it doesn't even know matter. If I've ever had it doesn't co- matter. Even if you did, it doesn't like matter. It's co- it's Hagen Dazs, and then that's it. Um, it's also National Read a Book Day. I will participate in one the of the first days. one, you right? Can, can I figured as much. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. I hear that. I just want to let everybody know what I am reading because a lot of people are doing these book challenges on Facebook. Please do not nominate me for any of that. But I just wanted to tell you that I'm actually reading Exodus by Leon Uris. Yes, somehow or another. Um, in my teen years and in high school, I never read it. So I am I am right now going through all the Leon Uris books. And Yoni, I am sure that you're a huge Exodus and Mila 18 fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure you're really holding. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And um, so basically we can have like a book club when it's over. Okay. Sounds all good. right. Fantastic. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And I am joined this morning by Rabbi Kenneth Brander, one of my favorite Olim Chadashim, along with him and his wife and their son. Um, Rabbi Brander is the president and Rosh Yeshiva of Or Torah Stone, an Israel-based network of 27 educational and social action programs transforming Jewish life, living, and leadership in Israel and across the world. Good morning, Rabbi Brander. Good morning, Miriam. How are you? I thank God I'm well. I, I wish you and your entire family a Shana Tova. I am sure that this is an incredibly exciting time for you as you're not visiting Israel. You are not experiencing Slichot and the preparation for Rosh Hashanah as a, as a guest or as somebody on sabbatical, but, but as, a, as an Olet. That's got to be incredible. Yes, it is extremely exciting and extremely incredible to actually be a citizen of Jerusalem and uh, to be able to look out, uh, look outside, you know, onto the porch of uh, of our home and uh, to be able to see the beauty of Jerusalem. It's really exciting. And of course, there's a special energy in the air around Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippurim. Um, it's an energy that not just permeates the religious community, but it permeates the entire community. Um, today, my wife ordered out, and she got Burgers Bar, and the and the, and the bag said, uh, you know, uh, the Shana, something like the Lashana Haba Yerushalayim, and the the best of Yerushalayim was the bee from Burger's Bar, and you know all all the little things that go on around here that um, that really celebrate. That have nothing to do just with religion, just with life in general. That celebrate the Jewish calendar. When you hear the calendar works for you, it really works. Right. Um, and it's really, it's just amazing. I um, I remember when I was still a teacher, the the principal of our school used to say that God was clearly not a program director of a yeshiva day school because otherwise September would not look the way it does. Right. And it certainly presents a, a challenge, but in Israel, it's just part of life. And, and so you have that 
you have that transition as an Ola and someone who led a tremendous program here in the United States um, at the Center for for the Jewish Future at Yeshiva University, and now leading Oratora Stone into its its um, you know next season, shall we say, the same way we start season seven here. We started season seven here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You are now bringing OTS into their next season. I wonder how that kind of leadership position looks different for you from your point on either side of the ocean? Well, I mean, I think that's a good question. I'm not sure I fully can answer it yet uh, because, again, I'm just, I'm just starting. Uh, we've been here for a total of uh, eight weeks. Uh, actually, no, that's not six weeks as of, uh, <laughs> as of yesterday. So I, I'm not sure I can really answer that question fully, but just to, you know, just to let you know that over the past six weeks, in addition to administrative um, engagements on so many different levels with the 27 institutions, now I must have given, I think it's up to around 15 different shiurim mm. uh, classes in Hebrew uh, to various groups, uh, whether it's the men of the yeshiva has there or the women who are studying two years before they go into the army, or today, right after we speak, uh, I'm speaking in Carmiel, where we have two different programs, and Lud, where we have another program. And it's just an unbelievable opportunity, really. I think the first thing I've wanted to do is not just focus on the administration, which is clearly my primary responsibility, but I wanted to also engage with my students uh, as many of them as I can of the of the four thousand students that are part of Ortoro Stone through through learning. So whether it's in the high schools or uh, in the you know post high school programs, I've been trying to introduce myself not by having like an administrative conversation or not just by having an administrative conversation, but also trying to engage in learning. And it's just amazing. You know, the knowledge, and I think for me, the most, um, and uh, I think the thing that resonates with me is I can sit in one of the many Bate Medrash of Ortoa Stone, and if you sit in the right place, you can easily hear four different languages <laughs> happening concurrently in the Big Midrash, whether it's French, uh, whether it's uh, even, believe it or not, Arabic. Wow. Um, Hebrew, obviously, and of course English, um, and you know you have all different all different types of Jews, you know, learning, learning, and growing, and it's just it's just an unbelievable symphony. It's not a cacophony; it's a symphony. And 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 I'm, I'm thank God I'm not, uh, you know, I'm because I'm walking in with fresh eyes. For me, it's 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 really something new to really experience this kibbutz galiot um, at one time. In fact, I, I really, I called a, one of my closest friends, uh, Rabbi Dr. Josh Joseph, um, for some guidance, because the Israeli government has sent us eight Ethiopian uh, young men from Addis Ababa who, for six months, to learn um, and, to teach, and, and to study leadership. Now, Josh Joseph is a real expert in leadership, but where am I going to find a book on leadership <laughs> in Amharic? Right. You know, it's not like they're fluent in Hebrew or in English. 
Right. So, you know, if anyone was going to be able to find me a book like that, it would be Josh, which, by the way, he did. <laughs> um, so, so, like, what an unbelievable thing. Right. You know, these eight, these eight young men who are spending six months here, um, and the Israeli government picked Ortura Stone because of all the work that we do in leadership training and learning. And uh, it's just, you really feel the various languages of the Jewish people just coming together um, uh, in a proactive fashion. And it, there's just something very special about that. And yet we... Uh, that that I, resonates with me. I, I hear that. And it's, that's, an incredible, that's an incredible story. I, 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 I very much want to see where these six gentlemen are. Oh, sorry, where these gentlemen are in six months, and you, uh-huh. you it, it resonates with me. The um, this sentiment of of going into training as leaders with something that you wrote um, actually on the Ortora Stone website. There is a piece called 10 Days, Ten Thoughts, Day One," and each uh, each day. Of I, I of Aseret Yemei Tshuva, there are ten days where each um, I should say where one where different representatives from OTS are, are are you know sort of given a day, and you all write um, you know different perspectives, and you have day one, and, and the end of your piece is let us reflect let us reflect upon our community initiatives and be strategic in the way that we serve the jewish people and society at large analyzing what initiatives need to be developed in order to allow our communities to flourish and achieve their fullest potential we need to look at ourselves and in our community and say how are we going to benefit each other not just ourselves we have we have personal improvements that we need to make which is clearly the way you want to go into um, you know, the Yamim Nora'im, but here we also have to say, how can we benefit each other? How can we grow as a community? I mean, I, obviously, uh, you know, I agree with what I wrote, uh, but the bottom line is I think there's just another piece, and I think that that's part of what I wrote also, and that is the importance to recognize. I think there are two paradigms uh, that we have to engage in. I don't think we're any good to the community if we're not also focused on our own personal self-development. Creativity for the community comes comes through the individual's growth and development. Most creative things that have happened in the world have happened by individuals, not by committee. Mm. And so we have to recognize the fact that we have to work in our own personal self-development. But if we're only working on our own personal self-development, if we only have a Robinson Crusoe paradigm, we don't honor the major idea of, of the Torah, and that is that we have to be not just for ourselves, but for others. And I was trying to highlight the idea that the, when, when the rabbis introduced the notion of the shofar blast, which is the ultimate prayer because it's not shackled in words, um, they introduced it as what they called Tkiyotamiyushav, the sitting blast, and Tkiyotamiyushav, the standing blast. Even though we don't sit for any of the blasts, it's celebrating the idea that there are two paradigms to the chauffeur. One is that we need to focus on the notion as, as we sit alone, how do we create our own personal romantic rendezvous with God? And at the same time, when we stand as a community, we have to say what creativity and energies 
do we bring to the table that we can transform uh, the Jewish people and society in general? And I think that that's a really critical part of what really tshuva is all about, mm. um, not just focusing on one particular challenge that we may have had to deal with, but focusing on the larger initiative and the larger responsibilities and the larger picture. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, whereby Kenneth Brander joins me this morning. He's the president and Rosh Yeshiva of Or Torah Stone. Rabbi Brander, I had initially asked you to join me on the air this morning because of your opinion piece in the Jerusalem Post titled uh, The Message and Its Messenger. And you explain that we have the opportunity to become, quote unquote, the authors of the prayers that we read and the Torah we study. Explain that. Well, I mean, one of the most important pieces for me personally in the prayers of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is in the Sanatokas. It's always been a personal uh, prayer that's resonated with me, perhaps, um, because I remember hearing that prayer from my grandfather, a blessed memory, my father's father, and the tears that came from his eyes um, as he recited that prayer and as I stood next to him as a young child. And I've done some extensive research on the prayer, and it became pretty clear that although um, it, it is, we are told that Rav Amnon of Mainz, who lived during the Crusades in 1040, is the writer of the, of the prayer, we know that it was actually written even before the canonization of the Talmud, or Lefnei before the Talmud was completed. Um, and it was written by an ancient uh, poet, an ancient uh, rabbinic uh, poet, and that is Yanai, who, according to some, was the teacher of the preeminent poet, and that is Rabbi Eleazar HaKalir. And this, this is the only prayer that I'm aware of that the story behind it, the Rav Amnon Amin's story, the fact that he was was almost forced to be baptized, and his response, which caused him to die and be dismembered. And as, uh, you know, moments before he died, he articulated this prayer. That story, which is found in the bottom of the art scroll or the Koran or fill in the blank Magzor, <laughs> OU Magzor, it's also found in the Magzorim even from the 1200s. It's not a new thing that the story was part of the Magzor. So I started to try to figure out if we really know that the author of the of the poem was Ganai before the you know before even the completion of the Talmud, how could it be that it is reported to us something that's fictitious? And it was reported to us by people who actually were experts in poems and they definitely knew who actually wrote it. And it became clear to me as I read more and more of the literature that what they were trying to teach us was that in Judaism, and we see this throughout, that the definition of the author of a poem or of a prayer or of even uh, an idea within Torah is not just the person who puts the idea on a piece of paper, who puts pen to paper and writes it, but also the person who celebrates it through their life's essence. Mm. And while Rav Amnon and Mainz may have not written the prayer of Unusanatokas, he did something much more important, and that is he lived it. You know, it, 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 his parchment and his 
and his and his uh, ink, so to say, is the selfless sacrifice that he gave, um, and the fact that he represented the ideas of the Sanatokas. And we see that in many places, not to, to bore your listeners, but just to give two examples. We, we say, being made Matasyahu ben Yochanan Kohen Gadol, that Matasyahu was a Kohen Gadol. We know he wasn't a Kohen Gadol. But what we do know is that Matasyahu acted like a Kohen Gadol, and therefore Chazal, the rabbis, treat him as a Kohen Gadol. We're told in Pirkei Avot that Shmuel Hakatan, that one of the, the great rabbinic figures, said that when your enemy falls, do not celebrate. But it wasn't Shmuel Hakatan that said it. It was Solomon in uh, the book of Mishlei, in the book of Proverbs. Yet the rabbis uh, credit Shmuel Hakatan for saying this because Shmuel Hakatan was Samuel the pious, who totally celebrated throughout his life the message of Shlomo, and therefore he becomes the author. And the message that I think, and why the rabbis wanted to tell us so much about this prayer is, because in Judaism, the author of the prayer is not just the person who writes it, but the author of the prayer is someone who lives it. Mm. And it reminds each and every one of us as we walk into Rosh Hashanah and Yom HaKippurim, that the most important thing may not to be to recite every single word of the Magzor, of the, of the prayer book of the holiday, but rather to look at the prayers and internalize them and to recognize that when we start to act upon the prayers and it becomes part of our lifestyle, then we too become the authors of the prayers. We too become the authors of the traditions. When we study the text or we study ideas in Torah and we internalize them, we become the message and therefore we become the authors. Not that I've had this conversation with Rabbi Sachs, but I'm sure if anyone asked Rabbi Sachs, who's such an articulate writer of Jewish philosophy, I'm sure if you ask them that if you take one of his books and you make it part of your Weltanschauung, part of mm-hmm. your lifestyle, and you start to act upon it, I, I, I am pretty convinced that he would say that you become the co-author of the text. And he'd be proud and of it. Rep- and he would be more than proud of it. He right. would be happy to, to let you sign your name as the author. <laughs> right. Because that's what Judaism is all about. Rabbi Amnon Amayim represents something more important than who authored it. He represents the person who lived it and who was willing to basically martyr himself to guarantee the eternality of the Jewish people. And I think we, in order to guarantee our future and the future of the Jewish people, have to take the prayers and have to take the messages of the Torah and make them our own. And in the process, we become the authors of the Torah and we become the authors of the prayers. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch and that's why God reminds us of our responsibilities to be involved with the study of Torah, we're not simply robots. Mm. We're there to continue the process that God gave us, obviously through the, through the paradigms and through the traditions and the protocols that he gave us of how to continue the tradition. But it's our responsibility to scribe the next page. Mm. And I think that's what these days are all about, asking ourselves how we scribe the next page for the future of our people and for the future of our own 
personal relationship with God. Amazing. What a tremendous message with which to go into Rosh Hashanah and eventually go into Yom Kippur and way to focus and, and certainly an unbelievable um, you know, philosophy to put out as we look forward to the upcoming year, everything that we, we potentially want to achieve and more than that, to give back to our community. Rabbi Brander, I, I, I personally thank you because this message will will certainly take me through Monday and Tuesday of next week. I, I, I truly appreciate it. And uh, I, am, I, am, I am silently or not so silently jealous of all the women who will be sitting in your shiurim over the next couple of days. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I thank you so much for your time. I, I really do. It's a, it's a beautiful message for those, people, for those people who are looking for the piece. I have shared it on Twitter. I will share it again uh, at the conclusion of this program on my Facebook page. Again, the title of the piece is The Message and Its Messenger. It is on the jpost.com website. Rabbi Kenneth Brander, thank you so much for joining me. Again, a Shana Tova to you and yours, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, thank you. And Miriam? Yes, sir. One more thing. Yeah. I just want to disagree with you about one thing. I still think you're a teacher, <laughs> and you do a fantastic job. Thank you. Take care. That's really... All right. Thank you. You're listening. <laughs> You're listening to that's live here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and um, we are going to go. Qu- I have a feeling Yoni's going to. You're going to bring it up already. Oh, you did. Okay. Past tense. Yoni's already brought up the song in the background. Uh, again, it is a TBT moment this Thursday. We are listening to Shmakolenu from Blue Fringe. It's on the My Awakening CD. You've been listening to that's live here at the Nachum Siegel Network. The afternoon continues. With a full afternoon of programming, it is the live lunch starting just at the conclusion of this program. And again, it seems to be a Miriam Wallach birthday celebration. We'll see how that goes. 1 p.m. It is Throwback Thursday. JM Rewind at 4 p.m. And the Arab Shabbos Show hosted by Mark Zonic, brought to you by our friends at Kedem starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow morning, join Nahum as he hosts JM and AM from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. At the conclusion of JM and AM, join Naomi for Table for 2 at 9 a.m. And then an encore of the Kedem Arab Shabbos music mix until candlelighting. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull this Motzei Shabbat at 9 p.m. Matzah hosting JM Sunday. Erev Rosh Hashanah. This is an anniversary, big anniversary, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. I wish everyone a Shana Tova Umetuka, and I thank you in advance for returning your uh, FJB envelopes that you should be receiving or should have already received in the mail. Thank you for your support. We continue to bring you great programming, and it's all thanks to you. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.